welcome to Get Divorced Without Getting Screwed, a podcast for men who are thinking about divorce in the middle of one now or are recovering from this horrible process. You will get advice from experts and hear inspirational stories of men just like you who have survived divorce. Now, let's get to work. Welcome back to the show. I'm John Nochlinger, the men's divorce coach and mentor. You can join our free men's divorce support community at mensdivorcenetwork.com. Today, my guest is Jorge Vasquez. He is an empowerment and life fitness, life and fitness coach, and he's the owner of JV Coaching and Consulting. He teaches people how to overcome physical and mental obstacles without losing balance in life, which is something I think we can all stand to learn a little bit about. He's also the author of a book called Success If Standing, Just Get Back Up, an excellent title. I love the title, which you can find on Amazon. You can also find more, find out more about Jorge by going to his Facebook page at j.v.coaching.consulting. And that's going to be on your screen, and it'll also be in the show notes in case you didn't get that one. I just said it. Thank you for being here today, Jorge. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for taking awesome. Time. Hey, it was it's it's absolutely my pleasure. So I guess we'll just start with the million dollar question. What is an empowerment life and fitness coach? Well, an empowerment life and fitness coach is someone that can help guide someone through mentorship and coaching in the areas of their levels of expertise. Well, my areas are those three main ones was mindset, mind or mindset, body, which is fitness and nutrition and spirit which is actually a three-part uh, section. It's actually your spiritual growth upward, outward, and inward. And business actually also falls under a spiritual growth because it is a spiritual game. It is your acts of service towards your clients, your customers, and your employees. All right. So have you always done all, what we call them, three pillars of this life coaching, or did you start doing one and the other two just kind of came along for the ride? Um. That is like a chicken before the egg type of question. Um, as I worked on one, the others sort of followed. And it didn't matter which one I was focusing on majorly, the other two were close behind. And how did you start down this road of doing this type of coaching? Well, I started coaching when I was very young. Um, my family owned a martial arts academy and I was, I was one of, of three brothers, one of three senior students teaching the entry level martial arts students. And being the youngest, I had to overcome a lot uh, of adversity and a lot of, uh, well, you should be better because you're the third born type of stuff. So I had to work a lot on, on mindset and development and overcoming limiting beliefs and things like that, as well as when new students come in, they don't believe they can do certain things and you have to help them shift their mindset not just the physical activity, but a lot of times people think, oh, I can't break a board, it's a board. Well, your hand is stronger than the board. Uh, there are certain ways, certain techniques, certain angles that you can hit in position. And with the proper technique, you don't need to be Arnold Schwarzenegger to break a piece of wood. You need to know how and where and when to hit it. So it went from that into fitness. And then I was going through culinary school at the same time. So my father put me in charge of the nutrition program for the, for the students in the school, for the after school and the summer camps. And uh, it went, it built from there. So I was just stuff that I've been doing since I was about 14 years old. And that's also when I started um, working on myself, 
personal development and self-improvement uh, through the teaching of coaches like Tony Robbins and Jim Rohn. Sure. So it sounds like you've had a lot of different hats in your life and they've all like, <laughs> like sort of come together. I saw on your bio that you were also a Marine. Is that right? Yes, sir. Once a Marine, always a Marine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got the sir out. We didn't we? Well, that, that's good. So, I mean, you've got a very nice background. You draw from a lot of different disciplines to sort of help people uh, going through difficult places in their life. So I guess the question for you is where do you usually find people or how do they find you? What kinds of things are they going through in their life? Um, I've had people going through from loss of business, um, loss of relationships, not just, uh, not just intimate relationships, but also friendship relationships or other family relationships, business relationships, uh, and how to figure out what happened, why it happened, what can they do? Was it their fault? Quote unquote, it's never just one person. There's, there's everybody involved is the cause of something. Um, as well as, like what happened to me, um, my last, uh, I call it my last learning experience or my fall from grace. Um, I was homeless. Uh, I didn't have a car. I was going through divorce. <laughs> uh, I had nowhere to go and no one to ask for help because all of my, my avenues were, the bridges were burnt. So I had to literally crawl out of the hole myself by myself. Uh, so I help people that also have gone through things like that, like being homeless or getting on the other side of a divorce, uh, finding out what happened, why it happened, how it happened, and going through the process. Everything is a process on how to get back out on the other side. Wow, you really, you really have a, a, a background that I think should inspire confidence in a lot of people that there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel, even in the darkest days. And whether that's divorce or being homeless, which a lot of people don't experience, but I'm sure it's, um, I'm sure you could talk about that for quite a while about how difficult that was. But I noticed um, looking at your social media, I noticed you have a son. So I know something probably really good came out of well, something good came out of your divorce. So um, not to make this about divorce, but since a lot of people that are listening to this are going through that particular challenge, um, can you just briefly tell me a little bit about, um, you know, raising your son? You know, is there another, is there a co-parent that you have to deal with and kind of how that process played out? Absolutely. So my son was from my first first marriage. So, uh, the second marriage, thankfully my son's primary residence during that marriage was with his mother. And now I live one city away. So I see him very often, but I do, I do have, there is co-parenting. She did get remarried and she has a husband now. So he has a stepfather. Uh, I have a girlfriend that one day, hopefully will 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 make it to that part of marriage and beyond. Um, but yes, co-parenting is something that, that has to happen for the kids. Uh, it, you just have to get out of your own head, out of what was me or things like that and focus on the child that needs the love, attention and care. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that this really blends well with what it is you do, um, you know, helping people through these challenging times, because a lot of people aren't really ready for a co-parenting relationship with their ex when they're in a really, really bad place. 
Um, it's just something that's very, very difficult. And then the children end up being the people that suffer the most by this. Have you worked with anybody, or I guess if you haven't, it, it, you know, you yourself, how, how do you use, sort of use these three pillars of your coaching um, apparatus to help someone sort of overcome, you know, their own, get out of their own way so that they can be the best version of themselves for their kids? Oh, absolutely. So everything that we have on the outside of us is a direct reflection of what we have inside of us. So if there's any conflict, there's any turmoil, there's anything coming from someone else going towards you, that's what you have to work on. That's the common denominator is you. You as an individual, you as a parent, you as a, a male role model, you have to be there for someone else. You have to stop taking, uh, stop focusing on yourself and focus on what needs to happen for the other person. Now, if you're not ready mentally to deal with co-parenting, and that's what happens because it's still a relationship. It might not be intimate anymore, but it's still a relationship that you need to keep together and keep strong for the child. So the child knows that both mom and dad and step-parents are all on the same team to help raise him or her. So having a balance between your mind or working on your mindset working on the, the traumatic experiences and overcoming those traumatic experiences so that you can move on from them will eventually allow you to be open to having that, um, that relationship with the other parents. And I'm assuming since you, since you've got sort of three pillars, you know, mind, body, and spirit that you deal with when you're working with your clients, um, I assume that the answer is obvious, but really in order to um, really be the best version of yourself, all three of parts of that um, need to be in good working order. Would that be fair to say? Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, you don't have to be an Arnold Schwarzenegger as far as fitness and nutrition is concerned, but you need to be healthy enough so that you can live a long and fulfilling life with, you know, your, your body is your temple, so to speak. If you treat it nice, then it'll last a while. If you treat it bad, it's not gonna last as much. <laughs> Um, and then if your body is going down, you're going to start thinking, oh, my body is bad. I, I look like shit. Pardon my French. I look like shit. I feel like shit. Then I must be shit. And that's the mindset that's going to happen because of what you're seeing and what you're feeling. And that's not the case. You, everybody hits bumps. Everybody, everybody goes through, through issues. While I was homeless, um, example, while I was homeless, my, my, my physical fitness and my nutrition were non-existent. I was almost uh, 285 pounds. I was abusing my prescribed medications uh, and I was just, it was, I was a ball of mess, <laughs> both mentally, physically and spiritually. Um, I, I lost my connection with everything because everything was happening at once. It was just like a, a blanket of, of turmoil just covering me I, and I couldn't see the other side of, of the fog. I couldn't see it. I couldn't see the lighthouse. And, and in terms of in terms of these, uh, you know, your your body, your mind, your spirit, do you do you see any kind of pattern of which one is sort of the the most the one you should deal with primarily first, or is it really just different for every person? Because I would think, you know, dealing with someone's nutrition and their body um, is a significantly. I would think would be significantly easier than dealing with their mindset sometimes. I mean, but, but that's just, that's just me who doesn't do this thinking. I mean, what, what do you usually find? Um, it really is a case by case basis. 
because there are those that are into fitness and nutrition. They got the body down pat, but their mindset isn't there for anything else besides fitness and nutrition. And then there are those that are spiritual, but their fitness and nutrition is out whack and their, their mindset is limited to just their religious views um, or their spiritual journey. So there's a lot of people that, um, oh man, the, the ones that I can, that I can, you can easily see that have like a, a decent balance between mind, body, and spirit. Uh, I would see it as monks because monks always work on the mindset and they work on their physical fitness and their, their nutrition and eating habits. And they definitely have a very strong physical or, or spiritual connection to the, the higher being in which they revere. Um, it seems like every other, uh, every other person, I mean, I'm not trying to like point them out as like, they're like the best people because they have a very specific lifestyle and um, you don't have to be that lifestyle to achieve balance in all three. You just need to work on all three areas to the point where you are comfortable and you are seeing a positive change. So as long as sure. you have positive change and positive growth in those three areas, you're fine. You don't have to be a Buddhist monk. Good to know. Good to know. But I went from 285 pounds to 204 pounds and my goal weight is 185. I have physical ailments that prevent me from working out like any normal person works out. So I have to do modified training techniques. Um, my nutrition, thank God, I was able to control everything. So I don't have diabetes or high blood pressure, or high cholesterol anymore, but I did. <laughs> um, I've got my anxiety, my depression, my PTSD, uh, my uh, apnea and my insomnia under control now. I can confidently in, in say that. <laughs> um, and I know how to get people to that point where they can get things under control. It is possible. It's very possible. If I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> so, and, and doing all the studying and research that I have done had uh, given me the ability and the certifications to do all of these things. Yeah. And I think, you know, you just sort of said something that I think most people know, but that there's a lot of ailments that people have when they're unhealthy that can go away or be mitigated substantially if you just become healthier and you know lose weight eat healthier do adopt healthy lifestyles i mean that's something i think most people know somewhere deep down inside but they sort of forget and you know well, and then americans are freaking lazy too like people just want a pill that's going to fix things as opposed to you know, isn't that the thing with diet? Like people just take these pills that just get them all jacked up on caffeine and stuff and really don't do anything. Um, you to do the work. You still <laughs> yeah, you still have to do the work, right? So, but, um, so you know, I, I've, I've talked to a lot of coaches over the years and, you know, just dealing with your mindset is a full-time job for most coaches. Just dealing with your fitness and nutrition is a full-time job for most coaches. And, you know, the spirit part of this, which I really want to get into a little bit more too, sounds like it's a full-time job too. So how do you navigate coaching all three of these angles when really each one of them is a big undertaking for most people? It, it is, and it's quite the journey, but because of everybody being a case by case, some people need one more than the other. Some people need to start making baby steps in mindset so they can start taking baby steps in fitness and nutrition and then start taking baby steps in their spiritual growth. Now, to be more specific, the spiritual growth that I mainly focus on is the inner and the outer. 
spiritual growth because there are so many different peoples, uh, people from so many different, excuse me, religious views or modalities. They, they, they worship whoever they want to worship. That's their, that's their strength, their connection between them and their deity. I'm Christian. I believe in God. So I do what I need to do as far as that's concerned to shorten the distance between myself and, and my Lord and Savior. But when I coach people, I coach them on the outer and the inner because it's very important to take care of yourself just as much as it is to take care of the people that are in your charge around you. If you are not good yourself, then you cannot confidently and effectively take care of others. You're just going to burn the candle on both ends and eventually you're going to have a burnout and you're going to fall sick. No, that makes sense because I think some people probably heard when you said spirit, they may have thought it was it was just religious uh, and a religious thing that you were talking about. And you were right. talking about something deeper than that. <laughs> I'm sorry, what were you saying? Yeah, that's why I specify on that. That's why I that's why I make sure that people know that it's not just your upward connection. It's your outer and your inner connection. It's very important that people understand that there there are different levels. When someone says spiritual growth, there are many different levels to it. So when you're when you let's go back to sort of the mind part of this, because um, I I find in my work that mindset is is something that first of all you have to work on your entire life. There's no such thing Absolutely. as someone whose whose mindset is where it needs to be. It's a it's a lifelong process. Everyone's in a different place. But I guess is there? Do you have sort of a process i know everyone's unique i mean that's everyone's unique but do you kind of do you kind of have a way that you help guide people through this this mindset adjustment and let's be honest or everyone needs a mindset adjustment i hear Absolutely. people every single person i talk to um especially and i think it's probably hard it's hard for you as it is for me because i've i've gone through a lot of mindset coaching it's so hard just hearing people say the things they say without even realizing that what they're saying is evidence of, you know, of a mindset that's holding them back from anything, including, you know, you talk about body, you know, if you've got a bad, if your mindset isn't in the right place, it's almost impossible, I would think, to really be able to start and maintain a healthy uh, fitness and nutritional lifestyle as well. Because, you know, if your mind's not in the right place, you're always being you're being pulled back to the unhealthy part of your, I call it your demon. You're being pulled back to that bad place. So I'm very fascinated to hear about the interaction because I have taught and I've talked to a lot of people over the years. I've never talked to anyone who really handles both of these things really in terms of a holistic manner. I mean, I've talked to fitness coaches that will deal with mindset, but it's sort of the limited aspect of, you know, why are you eating that? Why are you doing that? You know, why are you making excuses for why you're not going to the gym or going outside and going for a walk or whatever? How do you, how do you actually, when you have someone in front of you, how do you really decide, like, how do you decide what's the first thing you need to really work on with somebody? Because sometimes I would think it's not very self-evident talking to most people. Uh, it, that is true. The The more you do it, the more you've been coaching, the more you're able to pick up on things like tonality, body language, gestures, um, the, the word choices that people use, <clears throat> as well as um, the first thing that I, I try to, to get into people's heads off the get-go is that you should always be a student. 
a student is what? A student is someone that listens, not just hears you. I hear you, but now I'm listening to you as well. And they soak in any knowledge or any information that's coming in. So we should always be a student. What you've done in your past has gotten you to this point. Are you happy with your point where you are right now? No, that's why we're talking. So in order for you to go from here to a brighter, better future, you need to start taking in new knowledge, new teachings, new ways of seeing things. So you need to be a bigger student. You need to reopen that sponge that you do have inside of you because everybody always likes, they see something they like and they want to know more about it, but it's to their interest. Well, your future should be to the highest interest of yourself. So you should be a more of a student. And that's step one, realizing that, yo, you don't know everything. You, you think you know a lot, but you re you'll realize, you'll come to realize the more you learn in this personal development and self-improvement, that the words that you say, how you're saying things, your level of communication with other people, the level of communication you have with yourself. Once you work on those areas, everything starts to work positively for you because everything that happened to you is not just happening to you, it's happening for you. And people need to make that shift in their mind that it happened for me because now I'm at a point where it happened. I need to find out why it happened. I need to find out what point, what part in my past am I still holding on to that made me react the way that I reacted now? And how can I fix that? How can I stop that and move forward so that the next one doesn't deal with the old me and they deal with the new and improved me? Yeah, I think that that is absolutely 100%. I, I agree with everything you just said. Um, I also think it's interesting, um, and I don't know if you experienced this, but when you coach the people you coach, um, what ends up happening is when they start to change, it could be everything, their nutrition, their body, their spirit, their mind, you know, they start to realize that maybe the people that have been surrounding them were not are not very good for them. And I always think that's very interesting when people start going through any kind of coaching is one of the things that they have to understand. And I'm sure you tell people, I know I do that, mm -hmm. you know, it may very well be that this group of friends that you have isn't the group of friends you really should be around because, you know, isn't that the whole adage when you change, you force the people around you to change. And if they don't change, you need to let them go. And that's one of the hardest parts of this. So um, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but yeah, I'm, no, no. I'm completely agree with what you're saying. So the, it's the law of proximity. Who are you hanging out with? What are they doing to you? And is that cool? So one of my mentors growing up, uh, his name was Gerald Reed, uh, multimillionaire with a, with a financial services company. But he was my, he was my business coach, but he was also uh, talked about mindset and, and the law of proximity. So that was one of his biggest things. And uh, it, it, it's funny, like the, the, the sooner you start working on yourself, people start noticing and they start saying that you've changed and they always have a scowl on their face like you did something wrong. The change, there's only two things in this world that are 100% ironclad going to happen. Everything's going to change and we all die someday. <laughs> Those are the two things that are promised. Everything else is a variable. So once you realize that, like, one day I will die. What am I leaving behind? What am I leaving for my kids? What am I leaving for my grandkids if I make it that far? 
how are people going to know me? What have I built for the world? Because you can't take anything with you. When you leave, you leave everything behind. So what you leave behind is not just for the, is for the people you left behind and for the world. That's the legacy that you're leaving behind. What are you doing? Are you happy with things now? Are you happy with the legacy you're, you're leaving? If the answer is no or hell no, whether you need to start changing and then change starts from within. Your outside world is a direct reflection of your inside world. If you want to look for the next, your next relationship, work on yourself. That's all you got to work on. Focus on you. You get better, you're going to start attracting better quality. Oh, I like that. I, I really, I really think that's something particularly, I mean, again, we have a lot of people going through divorce that listen to this podcast, but that's something that everyone needs to keep in mind that if you don't work on yourself, if you don't make improvements to your body, spirit, and mind, all that's going to happen is you're going to attract the same type of person into your life and repeat, rinse and repeat, you know, the serial, uh, people that are constantly getting divorced, you know, three times, four times, there's, and there's plenty of them out there. Um, it's because they didn't learn any lessons. They didn't decide to work on themselves. And, you know, it's really, it, it's interesting whenever you do work on yourself and then you get divorced. I mean, I'll, I'll say from personal experience, that's sort of my journey was that I started personal development, uh, coaching. And then that led me to get divorced because I realized that, my marriage was a toxic, toxic place that was holding me back. And then once you get rid of the toxic energy, every, everyone it's, that's in my universe immediately saw a complete change to me, in me. Complete. And it's something that I wasn't even evident to me, but it was just the type of thing that when you're around toxic energy or you're around energy that is not good for you and good for your spirit, once you get rid of that, it just lifts you. And so I would think it would be hard to even do coaching with you or, hey, um, if you're really still around that toxic energy, whatever it is out in your life. And I think that's the hardest thing for people to, that's one of the last things people have to sort of understand that part of all this development that is happening may very well be that you have to leave a bad relationship. You may have to get rid of that friend that is just the toxic you know, devil on your shoulder. You might need to have a different relationship with your parents, whatever it is. Do you have to have that kind of conversation with people? Um, I do uh, uh, all the time. And one of the first things that I suggest to people is send a text message to everybody that you have in your inner circle, your close group, your, your, your people on your speed dial, and let them know that you're, you're working on some things, you're going through a transition in your life, that you need time and space and you're not going to communicate with anybody. The moment that you do that, anybody that's toxic, after a while, they're going to try to reach out to you and you tell them, hey, I'm still working on myself. I need time and space. Eventually, they're going to weed themselves out without you having to say anything. The people that really love and care and support you, they're going to give you the time and space that you need. And whenever you're ready to communicate back out to them, you communicate back out to them. Or they're going to start noticing you doing things. Or you're, you're, if they follow you on social media, they're going to start noticing your posts are more growth based they're more education based they're more i'm i'm so glad that i've changed this dark past and this is my brighter future once they start seeing posts like that the people that were with you in the toxic times that were feeding the toxicity will exit the way exit out and they're like oh well they changed i i can't see myself hanging out with them anymore 
and then they'll, they'll exit your life on their own. Some of them, they won't. Some of them will wait for you to come out, but you already came out a different person. You already went through the transition. You went through the phase. You achieved breakthrough in the areas of mind, body, and spirit. So now you don't tolerate the things from the past and you know how to acknowledge them that, hey, look, that was happening in the past and I don't want that anymore. This person's still doing what I was doing. So now I don't want to be with it anymore. Hey, look, I, I don't do that stuff anymore, man. Sorry. And then they're going to be like, oh, well, this is what I do all the time. All right, well, you know, love you, bye. Just because you love someone doesn't mean you have to be around them all the time. Yeah, that's isn't that really what it boils down to a lot of times is what are you tolerating in your life? Mm -hmm. We all tolerate so much. I also find that a lot of people come come to their life from just this lack mindset. There's not enough of things. I'm not good enough. You know, this marriage is as good as it's gonna get. Um, you know, it's so. You know, my my children treating me like this is okay. You know, this is just how you know kids behave. Or I could go down the list. Um, but people, I think I love. I really love what you were just what you suggest to your clients about just sending out a message to everybody and just sort of seeing how people react. Um, I've never heard that before. And I think that's very, that's very fascinating. Um, probably a very good, uh, I would love to see sort of like a, a whole expose on all of these different people that you coach and how there, how many of people in their lives, you know, disappeared or were ejected, I guess would be another way of putting it from, from your clients' lives. <laughs> yeah, they found the exit door, whether on their own or yeah. through a conversation. Um, <laughs> and and there, there's sometimes where, like my last, uh, another example, another story. So I had investors with the business and the business partner left with whatever money that, that was left and he left me high and dry and everything was in my name. So I'm the one that received all the financial backlash, including investors trying to hunt me down because most of my investors were military and most Marines, and we have a temper sometimes. The ones, the ones that have not received the training or the insights or the knowledge that, hey, look, I am more than my physical self. Uh, I, I get a lot of threats. If I see you, I'm going to kill you, things like that. And then the Marine in me always responds, well, okay, you, you say that? All right, meet me over here and we'll have a conversation. So nobody ever showed up. I always end up staying there with my service dog. I'm 90% disabled. <laughs> Oh, so, but oh they're all hot air. And then if I try to communicate with you, but Hey, look, um, I'm going through bankruptcy. So financial obligations are out, but I have a moral obligation to fix what I damaged. If I have my moral obligation to try to fix what I have damaged and I'm trying to talk with you, um, you I'm giving you respect. You need to give me respect as well. If you don't give me the respect that I deserve, then this conversation doesn't need to happen. I've had a couple of them that I had to cut off because all they would do is tell me how much of a piece of shit I am, how worthless I am, how unworthy I am, how much of a bad business person I am. When they don't know all the variables that happen, they're just looking from the outside, looking in, they weren't in the mix. They don't know everything that went on. So I had to tell them, look, if you're not gonna treat me with respect and dignity, at the end of the day, I'm still a human being no matter what happened in the past. And I will always treat you like a human being and I will treat you with respect, proper greeting of the day and everything. So I expect the same in return. And if you don't, then we don't need to have a conversation anymore. Whenever I fix everything that I need to fix, then I'll reach out to you. Have a nice day.
Like you don't need to hold on to that toxicity. You don't need to hold on to them because of something that happened. You know where you are. You know where you want to go. You know what you want to do deep down. And you need to make steps towards achieving that. Once you make steps towards achieving that, you can go to your solution, to your outcome, and contact them back. Hey, look, I disconnected for a while. People are gonna, people are gonna know. People are gonna see me. They're gonna wonder where I'm at, what I'm doing, how I'm doing it. I cut them off. I don't know their phone numbers anymore. But I didn't change my phone number. I didn't change my email. I didn't change my social medias. They can reach out to me. They have multiple ways of reaching out to me. But I don't reach out to them. I don't need to have them anywhere near my proximity because I need to focus on the positive only. Yes, there's a negative. Yes, and I deal with it. as it comes. I deal with it. But I don't need to put my energy towards or my energy needs to be towards growth and success and fulfillment. My son needs me to be there mentally, physically and emotionally. So that's where the focus needs to be. Not on me, not on anybody else. On the people that I can help. So and that's when I made the decision that all the information that I have, the knowledge, as well as the experience, not just helping people, but going through it that I can help people get out of the other side and have a brighter life and a better future. And that's when I decided to, to solidify my coaching practice. And I think that it's, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there or hey, that don't have any life experience or don't have any reason for you to even listen to what they're saying. Um, that is not you. You've been through a lot and you've come out of it really, really, well on the other side um and i think that's you know these days anyone can call themselves a coach i mean there's no you don't get a certification to be a coach um but it's rare it's rare that people have really really um intri well very intricate life experiences where they can draw from to sort of show you how you can be in the darkest deepest hole imaginable and get to a place where you are a great person you're in a new relationship that is going to great places you've become this you know this parent that you know you really should be for your child it's all possible and you know a lot of people out there listening just need to realize that it's okay to ask for help and that's you know guys in particular are really bad about asking absolutely for help. <laughs> ask for help it's okay to admit that you need somebody else to help you through what you're going through and there's nothing wrong with it and that's the i to me with guys the hardest part is them just asking for help because once they do they realize they wish they had done it long time ago right <laughs> absolutely and then i definitely know that feeling because i have every stereotype stacked against me for that i'm i'm not only am i male but i'm also i'm a marine suck it up buttercup you know, where's that straw? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also Latino. I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. So we're very machismo. Uh, we're very, very, well, I'm the guy, I'm the man. I, I, gotta, I got the solution for everything I have to, even if it's wrong or not. <laughs> so I had everything stacked against me. And, and uh, there was a time that even though I sought out personal development from the age of 14 on, I still had that mentality from my upbringing because that was my father, head of the household. He's in charge, what he says goes. 
And there were times where my mother didn't agree. And I noticed my brothers might not have, but I noticed, but that's where I said, I'm, I've, I've always been since then, I've been always been more intuitive, more in, in tune with what's going on around me because I've always been on the outside looking in because nobody accepted me. So when I was looking for that acceptance as a child from my brothers, from my, from my, my dad, my mom always accepted me. I always went to my mom. Um, once we hit Florida, my, all of my attention, my focus was on the one giving me the affection that I needed was my mom. I always sought out my father's affection because he never told me. And I, I can't remember a time where he tells me, son, I love you or son, I'm proud of you until I graduated culinary school. Then he told me that he loved me and he was proud of me. And it's nothing against him. He was in, he was, he was brought up in an era where none of this was a thing. And he provided it was roof over my head, food in my belly, clothes on my back. That showed me that he loved me, but he never told me. And then there were instances where I thought he didn't because of his actions or my, you know, my, what I did and the reactions that I, I might've deserved. I was the rebellious one. <laughs> so <laughs> I also deserved some of it, you know, but I am the person I am today because of the upbringing that I had the good, the bad and the ugly. I can't, I can't negate any of it. So the only, and that's part of the healing process that people need. Like you can't just thank him for the good things and hate him for the bad things. You need to love him for everything. Your father and your mother, you need to love them for everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you can't move forward as a parent without first dealing with that childhood trauma. Cause you don't want to project that to your child either. So every chance I get, I tell my son that I love him, that I'm proud of him. And I help guide him towards what he wants to do for his future. I talk to him about the future already. I've been talking about the future since he was eight years old. What is it that you want to be? He always tells me he wants to be a Marine. <laughs> he wants to be a Marine and he wants to play video games. And I'm like, that's the modern Marine right now. They play Call of Duty all day if they're not you know, actually defending the country. <laughs> um, but no, there's a lot of Marines that play Call of Duty. I wasn't one of them. <laughs> yeah, I was I was the oddball. I always find it interesting how like, you know, like six, seven, eight, nine year olds, that kind of age range, they almost always want to do what their parents do. Or, you know, they, they, they're very interested in what their parents are doing. Um, but I've made made it very clear to my daughter, she will never be a divorce attorney as long <laughs> as I live. Forget yeah. it. It's not <laughs> happening. But uh <laughs> but um or hey, I you know, again, I can't thank you enough for being here. You um your story is fascinating. I'm sure would I be correct in saying that your story goes into a lot more depth in this book that you wrote? Absolutely. Um, and the, the book that I wrote is on one of the three pillars. It's on, it's on mindset and how to get back up because a lot of people they're again, they have a sheet of fog covering their mind and they can't think of, they might've known all this stuff. Like I've been studying since I was 14, but I had the mental fog. And I couldn't get myself out of the hole until something shifted. And this book is about that. Well, it sounds like you've got two more books to read then. Uh, two Sorry. more books to write then because you've got <laughs> two more pillars. So absolutely, I'm, I'm sure that's probably in the hopper. So, yep. it, or hey, if someone wanted to work with you or just to contact you to learn more about your services, how would they contact you? The, the quickest and easiest way right now is through my social media platforms, uh, JV Coaching Consulting on Facebook or I am JV coaching on Instagram. Um, those are the best ways right now. My website is uh, under construction uh, because I'm adding the podcast to it. 
So I took it down so that it can be developed. But that is uh, www.jvcoachingandconsulting.com. So eventually that website will be up and you can contact me through there as well. But primarily right now through social media, Facebook and Instagram. Wonderful. And so just if you're interested in speaking more to Jorge, just go to one of his social media sites, which all the links will be in the show notes. You'll be able to find them very easily and just send him a direct message. And I'm sure you will find even more great content from him as you get to know him even more. So thank you again for being here today, Jorge. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show. We'll see you next time.